1: Hello, and welcome to Terrestrial Takes. Today, we're going to be talking rookies. So, sit back, relax, and let's get it on. Welcome back to Terrestrial Takes. We're back from vacation. I'm your host Duchesne, joined as always by Tim at Nubs, double N-double B. How you doing?
0: Good. We're getting the the warm weather now, but I'm dealing with a little bit of joint pain, so I'm hoping that that goes away, but just dealing with it for now. We got that, uh, I, I posted a retweet and like piece yesterday about trying to get sleeper to add some personal ranks to sleeper for us to be able to move stuff around and we're over 400 and some likes now. So it's pretty good to within the first 20 hours of the, the post. So,
1: yeah, that'd be a great addition to uh, sleeper drafts. Speaking of drafts, we're going to be talking drafts with uh, one of the best. We got Kevin for at Dubois underscore 22 from fantasy football guys. And uh, he's also the Debbie Royale co-host. They also have a Patreon. How are you doing today?
2: Hey, I'm doing good, man. I'm glad to meet you guys and talk a little football. We're we're two days away from the draft. I, I'm over. I'm I'm kind of tired. I got draft take like itis going on right now. I'm just ready to ready to see where these guys go, and so we can just argue more about that.
1: <laughs> yeah, burnout's getting uh, a little real, but uh, soon it'll all come to fruition. We'll have rookie drafts, and uh, takes can start formulating. <laughs> and speaking of takes, why Malik one hundred and one?
2: Well wow, yeah, look at that. No no lubrication. Uh, you know <laughs> no. what I would what I would say for me, like, if you're going to draft in there, now this comes down to, in my opinion, you know, team makeup always. But if you're in this, just you got the 1-1, you earned it. I feel like a quarterback in this format, especially with Malik with his rushing upside, is going to hold his value. And I think we've argued about this for a little a while now. But it doesn't mean that I don't like Breeze. So I want everybody to know, like, I understand the people that take Breeze. Like, I understand those guys. But for me, just based on value, what we saw with Trevor Lawrence, what we saw with Jalen Hurts, and I will be honest, with what we saw with Jalen Hurts and how he did last year, and with that team, which I think that Willis is a better passer than Jalen Hurts is, um, the and he has the rushing upside. Like, why not just – you can draft Willis, take him. You have him for a year, at least two years, which he's probably going to get. If he starts right away and he looks good, now you're going to increase his value. Now you can ship him, and it's more of a value play to me. That's where I come from.
1: So I came in a little dry. It was more of a joke for myself because when I was making up these questions to send to you, only the first one sent real quick, which was – it was just why Malik one hundred one. I figured that's looked... all we're doing,
2: baby. That's I, <laughs> yeah, that's it. Minutes. That's the track. That's the whole pod.
1: Yeah. So it looked like I was just hopping into your DMs to be like, dude, why Malik one hundred one? But yeah, this is uh, something that we've sort of had fun with in our yeah. in mock drafts that we do. Um, I, I am. Little lower on the leak, but I, when you talk about hurts, I think hurts whole thing. And the, the great value with him was he was like a mid second round pick in super flex drafts. He obviously didn't have the capital or, or the hype, and so that's why he was going there. Yeah, um, is is Hall in the same tier, or is it a clear cut one on one for you?
2: No, he's in the same tier. I'm not crazy here, I, I, there There's like, I, I think that it just depends on your roster build. Like if you moved up and you're in that area and you really don't need Malik, if you have two quarterbacks you feel comfortable in Superflex, then I think Hall is the guy. Um, but if you feel like your team's kind of in a rebuild, I don't mind going after Malik. Because when I do rebuilds or if I'm looking at my teams and, and I'm not comfortable with where they're at, I'll take the quarterback every time. Because a running back, to me, is a two year asset. It's not something that I like to keep on my roster that much. I like to turn them um, and haul. Like, I don't know if I can get back what I could get back from Malik if Malik does well, or I could keep them. And now I have a quarterback in Superflex for the next eight years.
1: So, my counter argument would be that I think that running backs, especially lately, have improve their value after their first year. And I know there's also the argument of best player available. And I know we all say that, but at some point you're sitting there with one quarterback, it's kind of, it'll be hard to pass up a a Malik, especially as if he gets a good landing spot, which we'll get to, but it's something I've noticed of late that like these quarterbacks, they they do hold the value decently, but they, they don't increase their value, especially these early quarterbacks, nearly as much as these running backs have. I mean, especially like even like, you know, uh Javante Williams of last year. Like he's a top three round asset now. And so that's where uh it's just something I've thought of as far as you know the safety of taking the quarterback in a rebuild.
0: Also, what what about trading that one oh one or one oh two back and getting multiple picks and multiple players are you gotta go back because I think it's There can be an opportunity where it can be a trap for rebuilding teams to try to lock in quarterbacks, I don't want to say too soon, but they might put too much of their available capital into one position when they really have to fill five or six. And I understand where you're saying where you could draft them and then move them and get more picks later, Where in maybe even before you even select them, you're going through those avenues trying to to locate the – just the better value or the better deal for your overall roster.
2: No, I think that's a <clears throat> excuse me. I think that's a good point. I will say though, if you have the 101 and you need five or six spots to fill even in a rebuild like that and that's the only pick you have, you suck at fantasy, right? <laughs> like in reality like if you have the 101 and you have five or six needs, you should have multiple first. So it shouldn't matter where you take these guys. Like if you're taking Willis to the 101 and I can take Hall or maybe get these wide receivers and build through them. Um, but to your credit to your point, like yeah, if you can trade back that's fine. I will say it's been harder for me or in other leagues that I've seen, I haven't seen the one one get moved. And I'm in a lot of leagues because I'm a degenerate. Have you guys seen the one on one get moved? Because I haven't.
1: I've traded for it like four times. Okay. And there's one where I can't get it and I've been offering I've I've been offering a lot. They finally they they caught on to my one on one hype. Uh I haven't I haven't seen another one
0: move though. With it moving though, or in the leagues that you're seeing the one on one in. Are, are you more or less assuming it's going to be Brees and that's why it's not going to be moved or that they're leaning towards Willis? Because I feel like in the leagues in which they're the 101 person owning the 101 is less likely to move it if they're targeting Brees because they're more likely to be a playoff team or a competing team. So that could have more um, impact or just even background on why it's not moving, where then the 102 may become a lot more um, lubricated and easier to move. <laughs> Lubrication twice in one. I, like pod. It. I love I like it. That. I had to steal uh, it because we, it brings, I, we <laughs> apparently didn't have enough to start. So.
1: <laughs> it brings up a good point, actually. If if the 101 is owned by the 101 team, um, you might want to target that 102 if you're looking for Hall because they, they might take uh, Malik, yeah. thinking that they have a complete rebuild at, at that,
2: posi- at that uh, draft position.
1: So, best Malik landing spot. What do you think?
2: Yeah, I was thinking about this today um, as I was doing some of my prop bet stuff. Um, You know, I like the Seattle landing spot in a weird way. I do think that it, it could fit him well if they keep the weapons, if they keep Lockett and DK there. I think if he went to the Lions, that would be one of the best fantasy landing spots for everybody involved because golf is trash like I, i'm done with golf i've been done with golf for years if you put him on that team and you have Amon Ra, you have all those guys out there swift hawkinson Chark. if they draft a wide receiver like that would be one-on-one for me if the lions went after a wide receiver let's say they moved up to get willis they were able to get a wide receiver in the second or third depending on their draft situation i would love for him to go to the lions
1: so since i sent you the dm it, when I sent it to you like two, two, two days ago, uh, the odds were at 10 10 and a half was his, uh, was his line. He moved down to 13 and a half, so he's sitting at 13 and a half is his over under pick spot, and uh, yeah. minus 130 to, to, to go over that to be picked after that. So I, I don't know, do you it's it's tougher now. Do you think he's a top 10 pick, or do you think he's falling to that 10 to 20?
2: I think he's a top. I think that he could be a top 10 pick. Really. You know what it comes down to is Carolina's dumb. Exactly. That's the really (laughs) reality. Cause are they going to take Kenny Pickett who I think that would be a reach as well, or are they going to maybe try to move back? And I think that's the spot. If someone maybe moves in there, I've seen that. I don't know if the Falcons are going to go that way from everything that I've kind of researched and talked about. They look like they're probably going to take a wide receiver or one of the top defensive guys that they drop down. Um, But it really comes down to Carolina. Like, I don't think Carolina will take Willis, but they, they want to move back because they have no draft capital because of Darnold. So if someone really wants to get into that spot, that's where we could see it. So it, it, I think they could. I think maybe if that's the part, if they move back, then we're looking at that. I like the odds under 13 and a half, though, because then you could still see some teams that move in there. And, and I think I think the odds have gotten better.
1: Yeah. Uh, I think a lot there could – I haven't heard any talk or any uh, reports, but the – Giants pick at five is also an interesting one, in my opinion, because they have seven as well. So if you want to get in front of Carolina, you you have you're trading with a team that already has a pick at seven. So they might be willing to move back a little bit.
2: Yeah. And, and well, the Giants have talked about they don't want to pay two top seven picks. Like that was kind of uh, something that that was like a rumor going around that. And I don't know because the new GM there, he's, he's notorious for not moving back. He's notorious for actually moving up with the bills. he always did it. So there is that still going on. So I don't know if it's smoke or not, but there is something to say is like, depending on how the board falls and where the talent's at, there might be comfortable moving one of those picks because they don't want to pay top 10 money to two guys.
0: So something too, is that around that 13 range, 10 to 13, the, says the, the, the top, Players that are really designated as the top players in this class kind of fall where then it becomes more of a preference thing. So there might be teams that are more willing to move back because they'll still be able to target their guy.
1: Yeah, there's lots of uh, talk about trading back. And it it also brought up a question of and it it made me think of startups because everybody's always trying to move back. (laughs) Is is their value now moving up finally? Uh, I think you have seen that in some startups as well.
2: Is not it weird how it shifts? Like I we've yeah. been in startups for the last few years. Like I mean, three years ago, you could trade back all the time, and yeah. people didn't people had no idea what was going on. And then now, I've seen really smart people start trading up in the first round, getting their second quarterback, and yeah. like they double tap quarterback. And it's it's very interesting how that how it shifts the narrative shift.
1: Yeah, if everybody's doing it, sometimes it, the value's on the other side. Yeah,
0: I think we've so, also seen the shift in running backs where we're hitting that age that age precipice as well as we don't believe right now i would say majority of us don't believe that there are that quality pool down to 20 quarterbacks to really choose from so locking them in early and just kind of filling in with the kind of confused value of the 6th 7th and 8th rounds kind of works out
1: and i've seen actually this was a something that came up on the timeline of you know people starting eight, uh, startups starting with eight quarterbacks to start and i actually think there is value going positional player there because say you chase that run and you get the ninth and 11th quarterback or whatever at the end now you're also allowing those guys that got the first quarterbacks to get the top positional players whereas you could try and get two top positional players and then as they fill in positional players now you're going after cousins to a and it's another theory question i've been all about the theory <laughs> this week so is he still 1-1 if he's taken by or I guess I should just start with which one do you like? put them put these three spots in order. <laughs> Washington football team at eleven, Houston at thirteen, New Orleans at sixteen.
2: I would go Houston, Washington football team and in New Orleans last just cause New Orleans is such a cat mess and it's such a <laughs> I think that's a tough situation for any guys to go into because I don't know how well they build around them. Houston is wide open to me. I mean, I like Davis Mills, but can we be honest with what Davis Mills is? Like, I think that's the question. Like, I think Houston's more comfortable just taking two guys and then getting a top pick next year um, and try and go Bryce or CJ. I think the Washington football team could be, or the commanders, or whatever the hell they want to call them there. Uh, they could be interesting because Wentz is not good, right? So if you're looking at Wentz and you're looking at that area, like I even talked about it. I said that if somebody goes like strong or one of these guys goes to Washington later, that would be an interesting for me in superflex leagues because i think they could overtake wins because i think he'll struggle again um, and i th- i think that's a that's a that would be an interesting spot for him so houston would be number number 1 if they could build around him washington for just because i think he could start early enough and they can kind of fit him in that system
1: do you think do, do any of those spots kind of sway you from 101
2: I mean, yeah, if you went to New Orleans, I'd probably, i stay away in terms of just value-wise. But the other two, I'd be okay with it, depending on where I'm at as a team. Um, But, you know, it really comes down to how you feel. Like, I think he could beat out both those guys. That's what I look at when they get drafted. Can they beat out those guys and they they get that value? But even if he doesn't, look at Trey. Like, Trey Lance, he played, what, two games? I know he got injured. I know he would have started. And I'm a big Trey guy, too. He kept the value. So yep. even if he comes in, what if say he comes in for one game, blows up, and now we're like, oh, now I have this kind of value here, and I can just kind of move it if I want to.
1: Yeah. Do you have a I, – I, we've, we've uh, sort of exhausted the 101. Um, <laughs> we, we just need Thursday to come. So moving on to some other rookies here. Do you have a clear teardrop in the first round of rookie drafts?
2: Yeah, you and me have done a lot of rookie drafts uh, <laughs> uh, over the last time. You know, to me, like, I think the 109 right now, without the quarterback landing spot, I think that is, to me, a teardrop, like a big one. Um, it really it depends on how you feel about Alave or Pickens in that area, because that's where there are a lot of those guys are going. Um, so I would say I feel comfortable drafting up to the 109, and then from the 110 on, it gets very um, – it, it gets it gets very muddled especially depending on the running back situations but it really i think it'll matter if the quarterbacks get dropped in the first round because that's what's happening I, I know in your mocks and i was looking at your data like a lot of the quarterbacks in the second round that's not going to be the same if corral goes in the first he'll be in the top 10 so that'll push down some of these guys and i think that that'll see that tier drop kind of go lo- lower and lower
1: yeah so I, i've got a clear top six tier well not a, they're not all in the same tier i got breeze at the top but after six uh starting with 107 is where i see it okay. a, a little bit of a drop and then and then again i do see what you're saying at 10 and, and the the quarterbacks with the draft capital is going to really influence things um picket and Howell sitting at 111 112 ish that i've been saying it for a while and it, that once they get drafted those will probably go up but now it's looking at Corral's an early second pick, and Howell might be a mid-second pick. So they might actually drop into the early second.
2: Yeah. And did you hear about Pickens? I don't know if you heard about he was in the car of something, and, like, his teammate. And, like, so there's talk Pickens going in the second round now, and now if he doesn't get first-round draft capital, like, DeHaan Dotson might jump in there. So, like, there's so many question marks after that 109 to me that it gets very muddled.
1: What do, you, do you have a clear teardrop, Tim?
0: I'd say it's around that that area. I, I know that there's a mixed bag on Spiller, and I think that could be a determining factor in where people rank that drop off as well as where he goes because I, I see Spiller as a volume type of running back where that's where he's going to find success, and he needs that volume. But if he finds a team that was, is going to give him that volume, I, I think that you got to put him back up there. There'll just be a lot less people that actually want to take him based on what they truly feel about his, you know, his skill set.
1: The funny thing or interesting thing I've noticed about Spiller is it reminds me a lot of Javante uh, Williams last year of the six, seven, eight spot. He has very little deviation of where he's going. He's pretty much, he's not in that top tier, but he's like been clearly ahead of the second round in all the drafts. And, just something I thought was interesting. I don't know what we can really gather from that. We need to figure out where he lands and whatnot. Um, is there a range of picks that you're like aggressively – or it's, now it's a little too close to be buying picks, but was there a specific spot that you were really trying to
2: get in uh, in the draft? Well, like I said before, I was trying to get in that 108, 109 range, like above that line um, if I could. I would love to get in the – like before I I was able to maneuver some guys where I put in like a late first with like – or a late first and a late second, got in the top five which is something that I was trying to do is get into that category of like Wilson, London, Walker, or Hall, wherever they would go. Um, as far as that, if, if I know I've added some other guys, I, I actually like the third round, like the early thirds guys, like Pierre strong uh Mechie's in there. And like, there's some guys in there that you could target. So adding those thirds and ideals like could probably helped a little bit, but let's be real. They're not going to do a lot. It depends. Like those guys are crap shoots anyway. Uh, but I like that area too.
1: Mechie's been just the absolute steal all yeah. offseason, uh, as an early third. And right now, looking at his odds of where he's going, they project him to go like uh, late second, like yeah. 53. When that happens, he's going to be like a mid second pick in super flex drafts, I think. So that's what pays off by having your uh, rookie drafts early, is you get to call shots on guys you like a little bit more. It's not all, I mean, it's not all, it's a little hyperbolic, but for the most. A lot of uh, rankings after the draft end up just reflecting draft capital. Let's be
2: honest. <laughs> and and I was I was thinking about that the other day. We were talking about that in um, on the Denver route, I think. And we were talking about like. You know, it's so funny how you have these, you have these rankings and even Dave Wright was talking to me last night about it. And we have these rankings and then we just throw it all out as soon as draft capital happens. And then like, but that's how you get kind of screwed sometimes because you, you, you know, you have a guy and I kick myself all the time. Cause I'm like, no, I really like this guy. I'm going to take him. And then the draft capital happens. And then I just talk myself out of it. So this year I'm really going to go away from that. I'm like, Hey, you know what I'm going to look at. Stick to my rankings. I will use draft capital, obviously, if it's not like a first, second, third round thing. But I'm I'm gonna stick to my rankings more because consensus can be wrong, as we know. Yeah, look at your right shoulder. That's right.
1: Uh, it's something I tweeted. It's I've been saying that for a while, uh, or saying this for a while. um I I make my tiers according to talent, and then draft capital will affect the tiers. Yeah. Um, unless it's something crazy, then they might hop a tier or not, but that'll make, it'll keep you from beating yourself up too much later for missing out on a guy you were high on because he got drafted a little later. You got a question for him, Tim?
0: Yeah. um going kind of continuing with how we have our rankings of players. And obviously it's before the draft, but like, Have you seen any trending risers or fallers either in your preference or just in the space itself that you're kind of either surprised by or just it's something that stays top of mind?
2: Well, Kyron Williams died uh, and he, (laughs) you know, obviously with his testing and stuff, he wasn't someone I was very high on just because I didn't think he was going to test that well. Um, But it is interesting now where he's getting in this weird spot where he's kind of a value depending on where he's going in leagues. It's funny how that kind of shifts. Um I think that's interesting. I still think Jameson Williams is too low. I still I think that he could easily be the wide receiver two of this class. Like I think I'm pretty high on Jameson. Um, based on kind of what I've seen, but he's gone anywhere from the 107 to 111, depending on the draft that you're in. And I still think he could he could find his way in there. Um, a guy that I really like is Pierre Strong Jr. Um, I think that he's kind of shot up a little bit more than I like. I liked him in the fourth round. I don't like him in the late second. That kind of sucks. Um, so there are there are that consistencies there. But Kyron is an interesting, and Widemeyer. I mean, I don't think... Wi-Fi's he
1: disappeared. He's on the milk carton yeah. ever I since the combine.
2: I don't know how you're drafting that guy. And it's funny. I know, and, and Duchesne probably knows about this too. When you do rookie drafts with people that haven't really... They're not in it like us. <laughs> and Weidemeier goes like 206 or something. I'm just like, <laughs> hey, it's good that you're here because you know, you got to learn. Because then yeah. all the dudes just roast him in the chat. Like, what are you doing? And, yeah, uh, soak in
1: the chat, man.
2: <laughs> so I think Weidemeier... I mean, I don't know how you draft him, to be honest. I, I, I just don't.
1: Kyron's actually an interesting thing because I was always low on him and I I, kind of have a thing against Notre Dame in general, but um, it was sort of just a couple big accounts were hyping him up as an RB3, RB2, and somebody said RB1. I won't say who, but that's what really... Why everyone, I think, rooted against him so much, but when he was actually... The highest he was ever taken, which was way before the combine when I started keeping this... Uh, mock data was it it was 205 that was the highest he he was taken before that and then he kind of just he didn't fall far I mean he's now at 212 but he only fell from an ADP of like 209 to 212 so like he is still kind of a value and I'm okay actually taking him there it was just sort of this that the echo chamber or whatever um, where people kind of thought there was this massive Kyron Williams hype that really wasn't there
0: like the Jamar Jefferson hype of last season yeah woof I saw him at Mox at 108. I was like, this is not this is not it.
2: <laughs> the yeah, thing with Kyron
0: though is we always like he tested slow, but if he's the the receiving back, I really don't think needing top 40, like like okay. 40 yard dash numbers really matters because it's more of a space game anyway. And it's if you can operate in that space or if you can't.
2: Well, with the I will say with the amount of running backs in this class, there's just a lot of them. The volume is out there. I don't know how good they are, but there's just a lot of them because of COVID year and all that stuff. If Kyron doesn't get good enough draft capital, I'm definitely out. Like if he falls into that, I mean, obviously in the fourth, fifth, or sixth round, but if he goes like late day three, but some of these other guys pop up or they get that Atlanta volume or whatever, I'm all on that. Like Kyron's not a guy I'm going to risk myself on. That's just kind of how I feel.
1: There's just a lot of other targets I have in that area that I prefer to uh, Kyron. Um, you had anything else for him, Tim?
0: Well, I, uh, I know we were kind of still talking about, uh, the, the, when I see the prospects, but I I was kind of finding one to find out if you had any sleepers, but it kind of sounds like you kind of talked about Pierce strong a little bit. I don't know if you had anybody deeper that you were, uh, target or targeting or interested in at all. Like that was kind of on a repeat basis or consistent basis. Kind of the guy, maybe you're not leaving the the draft without something like that.
2: Oh yeah. Now you're talking about, I like Ty Chandler for North Carolina. Uh, you know, I've been getting him in like, the. I think I got him at the 407 last night in a, in a draft. And Ty's a kid from Tennessee, who I followed pretty well for Debbie purposes. Uh, He's good. Like he has, he, he did really well in the East West Rhine Bowl that I covered for fantasy pros. And the coaches were raving about him. So I think he could get interesting draft capital just based on like what the scouts and everybody's talking about him. Receiving ability, he has. it. He's just a very solid back. And I think in the fourth round, that's a shot. Keontae Ingram from USC. Those guys tend to be there. Beatty from Missouri. Like, there's those three guys in that fourth round that I think could be could be values. I wouldn't leave the draft with Algier. He was going against, like, you know, I, I don't know. I don't understand the Algier thing. Maybe you guys can help me with that. Like, he was playing against future insurance salesmen at BYU, and he looked good there. But
1: who was uh, Malik Willis playing against? Um, my, the, the kid who was a backup on my JV team at UMass? <laughs>
2: Yeah, but at least he looked just, really good. Yeah, he, he looked, looked really great. Well, like, was, I saw something really cool good.
1: today. Uh, Al Jair was like number two or three uh, in yards uh, after contact. You was. For, I think
2: – But I also know.
1: went I went and looked because it, the point of it was to show Brees Hall was really low, and I went and looked at volume. <laughs> and
2: uh, Al Jair actually, actually had a lot of volume, too. He did. But. He did. I just like I. I. I but I'm not it, huge on him either. But. It depends on where he's at. But those guys, Chandler, Ingram, um, Beatty, yeah. like. But Chandler's a guy that I've really been t- the coveting in that fourth. I like to go for those running backs that could maybe go in that and it, be number two or three on their team. That with an injury, they could give you some volume this year in that third or fourth round. That's kind of how I. That's my strategy. And now I'm telling Nubs who's in my league, and he's gonna, <laughs> he's gonna know
0: what I'm doing here. It's <laughs> okay. I'm gonna tell you. I really like Ingram. So, oh, there you go. I have him as a, what we see my running back seven in the class. Okay. So he's behind behind the Whites and behind Brian Robinson, I believe. But yeah, I like him a lot. I think he has a three down uh, skill set, and I actually think he's gonna be the one of the biggest risers in rookie drafts after the draft because I think he goes pretty early in the NFL draft.
1: All right. So I know you got. A lot going on. You're a busy man, and I appreciate you coming on this. I, I really enjoyed the discussion. So I got two more questions for you. Who do you want the Cowboys to take, and who do
2: you think they take? I want to take Zion Johnson if he's there. I would like us to rebuild our line because our line is a it's overrated. It's been overrated for the last two years, and it would be nice if he's there. I've heard some talk about it. I don't know if he gets past the Cardinals. I hope he does. I hope the Cardinals do something stupid like they usually do. Um, Thibodeau would be a dream if we moved up. I I think that's a pipe dream, though. Who I don't want them to take is freaking Traylon Burks. And if we take (laughs) Traylon Burks, I'm going to lose my mind. That's where
1: he's sitting right now. Oh, my
0: God.
2: I know. I know. Where did
0: Jeff Jeff Bell put him in his mock? He put him him at freaking
2: 24. And he put him for the Cowboys because he's a dude. But what I will say, I I, I don't want him to go there because – why would we just not restructure Amari Cooper's deal if we were going to draft a wide receiver with all the other holes that we have on our team? Like we have so many holes on that team that we need an edge rusher. We need a linebacker. We need even a, we need some secondary help. We need offensive line help. And then we're going to take a wide receiver, even though yeah. we have these guys it's just,
1: insert that meme of them smacking that thing on that yeah. top of, at a wide receiver.
2: <laughs> uh, it, but you know it's gonna be because Jerry, Arkansas, Jerry's boy, like I know I, I'm I'm ready to get disappointed again. But that's just that's just my life as a cowboy fan.
1: I was well, I was kind of wondering uh why you didn't want Traylon Burks, but I can really understand it when you when you uh, talk about Amari because like they gave him away for a bag of chips, uh and there are a lot of needs besides yeah. wide receiver.
2: Yeah, I like training. Like, that'd be great. Sure. Maybe move CD back into the slot and do those things. But based on just like Super Bowl and hey, can we compete? Because that window's pretty much closed. Like, I feel like that was just a stupid mistake that they made.
1: And like with that division, you guys should yeah. you should own the division. It should be you should be in the divisional weekend every year.
2: Yeah, every damn year. And Jerry just sits there with his old ass staring at it in this thing. And he and we just because he's content and me and my Dallas friends, we talk about it all the time. As long as he puts a product that looks okay on the field, he makes money, they make the playoffs, that's what he's content with. He is too scared. Catboy, his son, and Jerry are just too scared to make those moves that really got to go for it, and and it's frustrating.
1: Well, I commend you for your um, allegiance and uh, staying true (laughs) to the Cowboys through the painful times because I couldn't do it as a Pats fan. I'm a Bengals fan now. Who dare Uh.
0: Yeah, if you ever want to switch teams, I can always create some profiles of teams for you, and you can select them like the dating game if you want to do that. Come back on as a special guest, and we'll do it again. You
2: did a good uh, job. That's how Cowboys to it. the end. Are you
0: are you in Texas?
2: No. Um, my grandpa was the University of Texas professor, um, and so I have, like, that on that side. And then my other family are Niner fans, so, like, I'm in the middle. Um, and then it's a – I don't know how much time he had, but he was a huge Dallas fan. He passed away when I was, like, nine. Um, he got killed in a drunk driving accident. And so one of the last things he gave me was like a Dallas cowboy thing. Like a, I think it was a helmet. Um, so ever since then, me and my brother were big Dallas fans for him. And so we're, we're going, we're, we're, we're in this till the long haul. I mean, we're going to just suffer together. That's how we are.
0: At least he wasn't a Browns fan.
2: No. Yeah. <laughs> That's a, that was
1: a nice story. Actually. We definitely had time for that. <laughs> um, I want to thank you again for coming on. I really enjoyed this talk. Uh, Is there anything you want to plug or throw out there?
2: No, I mean, hey, if you guys like Debbie or college football or even just like Rookie Talk, we do a lot on Debbie Royale. Uh, We have a show every Tuesday night at 630. Other than that, you can see my written work at Football Guys. I just got there last month. I have three articles out. I just did a draft prop bets article today. So if you want to try to make some money, go check it out and, and let me know how you do.
1: All right, well, that's it for this week. Just a quick, easy one. We'll be back next week with a more structured pod as as we usually have. But, Kevin, thanks again for coming on. I I really enjoyed this. And uh, two sleeps, baby. Let's get to the draft.